Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning, uh, you all, and welcome to our weekly episode of Taking Care of Business. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of my second season as a host, uh, from time to time we'll go off script and instead of having an entrepreneur or a business coach, we'll have other topics than just entrepreneurship. So if I had to give one word to today's or a title, one word title for today's episode, I will say revenge. And I'll explain in a second. Uh, my guest this wonderful morning has been involved in broadcasting for over three decades, three and a half decades, uh, and recently retired from her broadcasting career, and she has now decided uh, to ask for our vote in pursuing a new career. My guest is Angela Cocot. Uh, as mentioned, after over 35 years in the broadcasting, I don't think there is even one Calgarian that doesn't know Angela. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, David. Uh, welcome to Taking Care of Business, and thank you for being my guest this morning. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I'm saying that now. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, the reason I said revenge, let me explain to our listeners, is uh, a few years ago, Angela hosted me on her radio talk show, which was Meet the CEO, I think was the name? Yeah, yeah, the CEO, yeah. And... Uh, um, I think you have, uh, you know, you kind of installed that, uh, I would say, challenge in me to, uh, I can do that. And uh, Anyone can be a broadcaster. <laughs> no, not anyone. <laughs> uh, only people that are like me that don't have face for TV because you were on TV and uh, I, um, I have a face for radio. <laughs> Uh, but really, uh, I really enjoyed our session, uh, what is it, five, six years ago? It must have been. It must have been, and, yeah. And, and I was surprised from the feedback I got from people I never thought would listen to <laughs> my show or to listen, listen to the radio. Yeah. And, um, you know, when, uh, when they called me and gave me this challenge, I, I thought about you. And I said, you know what, um, it's going to be interesting. And all by myself, I stole the idea for, for you. <laughs> right. So it was the revenge you or me revenging you stealing my idea. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll probably know in 55 That's minutes. That's right. We'll figure it out. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, interesting that... Uh, what I realized since I listened to Radio 770 where you broadcasted until you decided to retire from broadcasting, your decision to retire came as my show audience went up. Did it have any impact? <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving broadcasting and they're saying, where are we going to go now? Let's go listen to David Wallach. I see. Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> you know, now, Angela, that we set the, 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 the stage and... Uh, the one thing that we like to know is more about the person and not just the career and not just the future plans, just a little bit more about the person. So I, I didn't find out whether Calgary was your home or you came here from another planet. I came from another planet and I'm chuckling because when I interviewed you a number of years ago on the CEO and David, it was an hour program similar yeah. to this. And I remember afterwards, David saying, well, you talk so much about me. I, you know, I thought you'd be talking more about how you became such a successful businessman <laughs> here in Calgary. So then now you're turning it around and saying, and I'm going to find out more about you. So that is funny. Uh, you know what? I am a transplant as 
a lot of Calgarians are from Saskatchewan. Ooh. Many, many years ago when I started my broadcasting career, I came to SAIT here for the broadcasting program way back in 1979. And at the time, they only allowed a few students from out of the province to come to the broadcasting program. So um, young kid out of high school in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, I came here to Calgary for, for an incredible program and that really launched my career. So Swift Current, Saskatchewan is your birthplace. You know home. what? I'd That's say Swift Current up. is my where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, I was born in even a smaller place called <laughs> East End, which is really East End, Saskatchewan, which is really on the west end of the province. So I never really understood that. <laughs> but I made the career move at the age of six to go to Swift Current, Saskatchewan. I see. Well, my parents helped me. And uh, so I, I grew up uh, in Swift Current. And you know what? It It's such a great little community. I often think, could I ever go back there to retire? I, I think it's still maybe 15,000, 18,000. But my kids growing up, when we'd go home to Swift Current to see my family, my kids would say, this is kind of neat. You, you got to run all over the place, roller skate all over. You know, we, we had the run of the town and the right. Swift Current Creek and everything else. So I have fond memories of Swift Current, Saskatchewan. So growing up in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, what kind of a kid were you? Like uh, active, uh, bookworm, uh, you know stay what? home all winter? I would say um, I was uh, a tomboy before I knew what the term tomboy was because I grew up in a large family. There were seven kids. Surprise, surprise, I was the middle. If you have any, if you've heard of how people need the spotlight, well, I was the middle of seven, so I was always crying out for attention. But I grew up, as I say, in a community where really your mother, and your father was busy working, but your mother expected you to head out of the house if it was during the summertime and not come back till lunch Mm -hmm. and not come back till supper. And um, I would say that I having that kind of freedom was good and bad. I probably got into some trouble that my mom, you know, bless her heart and rest in peace, mother. She never knew the trouble we got into. But as I said, we were close to a, a creek, the Swift Current Creek. I loved catching frogs. I we, we rafted down that. We, you know, anyway, so I had a great childhood. And I would say I was very rambunctious, very active, and, and that can continued on through high school. I've always been very active. And even I joked with you today when you said, Ange, can you come in and talk? And I said, well, I do swim on a master's synchronized swim team and I've got to get out of here by nine o'clock. So you said, Ange, it's an hour. I'll have you out of there. So in a roundabout way, I was very active as a child and still am. And and it's interesting to listen to what you say about, you know, rafting down the river Mm -hmm. and catching frogs and, you know, being out till lunch in the summer, in the summer, and until uh, supper in the uh, summer or uh, winter. Yeah. And that's without cell phone and uh, without our parents oh, knowing where I know. we are. Heaven forbid, you know, mom didn't have to text me and say, where are you? And and even years later <laughs> with my two children and my husband saying, uh, when our daughter was, I think, in grade nine, we should get her a phone. And I was, I pushed back. I said, why does she need a phone? Oh, for security, all these same reasons. And I just thought, you know, what did we do before cell phones? <laughs> we could have another conversation about that. But you're right. We did all that without cell phones. Yeah. So... 
your siblings and your parents, anyone in the uh, arena of media or broadcasting? or you were Not at all. Not at all. And if you were to ask me, my father was a plumber, a hardworking plumber, Culligan man. Um, one summer, well, every summer he'd have an exhibit similar to the Calgary Stampede, but he'd have an exhibit to promote Culligan water softener. One summer I was the Culligan girl. Um, I, I was there handing out pamphlets. So my father was a hardworking plumber, uh, very blue collar and my mother had been a teacher but uh, like a lot of women at that time you stopped your career so you could raise this huge family she eventually did go back to teaching when we all were old enough and didn't have to be taken care of and my mom was such an influence on my my life she um, and I'll get teary-eyed I got to watch myself whenever I talk about her but she always instilled in me that you've got to get a career you've got to don't just become and not that she was saying anything against being a mother and a housewife but her concern was always that what happens if your spouse dies what happens if there's a divorce even more tragic you know so my mother always believed women um, had to take care of themselves and that was something that I've taken through my life she she was a very strong woman and um, miss her every day and um, you know you said that you like uh, you love going back to Swift Current do you still have friends and, and people that uh, remember you and mm-hmm. if uh, we call them what will they say about <laughs> Angela growing up <laughs> Uh, my sister still lives in Swift Current, so don't call her. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, you know what? I would like them to say that. No, not what you like them. Oh! <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I don't get what? that control. <laughs> no, 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 no. What do you think they will say? I think they will say she was a fine, upstanding citizen. <laughs> you know, I did leave at the age of 17, but um, I, I, I love the community, and I made lots of friends, and a lot of those friends have moved to Calgary. So, so we have even our own little mini swift current uh, contingency here. So I think they would say that I I was um, driven, focused, and uh, a great student, all-around great person. I see. <laughs> Same as today, right? Same as today. <laughs> Don't track them down. So, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, so you decided age 17 to leave swift current? Yeah. And move to Calgary. And move to Calgary for my broadcasting. I see. And and how did you get to that kind of, where does this idea come from? Yeah, and you know what, it, I'd love to say. How many radio stations you had in Swift Current? We time? had one radio station, CJSW. We had one television station, C, oh my gosh, CJFB. And the reason I had to pause was... Now, I grew up with one channel, CBC, until grade nine, we finally got CTV. So we I grew up with hardly any TV, but our little local television station was CJFB. And, and sadly, it didn't get the respect it should because we used to say Canada's joke for broadcasting. That's how I had to remember <laughs> CJFB. So really, you're right. We had one radio station and one TV station. And so when people say to me, why did you ever decide... Um, it's kind of crazy. I'd love to say that I always wanted to search deeper for truth. But ultimately, it was a show called Mary Tyler Moore. Did you ever hear of the Mary Tyler Moore yes. show? So growing up, Mary Tyler Moore, when I was just a 
preteen. I love that show. And I love the idea of a woman in this television newsroom. And so, and at the time also, this is the 70s. So we've got Mary Tyler Moore, a single woman living on her own in a real cool bachelor pad. And um, so I ultimately said, I want to get into broadcasting. And I looked to where could I go to broadcasting? There wasn't really anything in Saskatchewan. So I had to look to Alberta. So uh, it's funny that when people say to me, TV is such a bad influence. Well, it can be a good influence because I wouldn't have walked down this path without that. So you you came you moved to Calgary on your own at age seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you go to Saint. Yeah, I went to Saint. Yeah, went to Saint. Lived in residence there. How long was the, the It was program? a two-year program, and um, I I'm still involved in Saint at the alumni level. But for a young kid coming out of Saskatchewan, um, I I just fit right in, and I I loved it right away because you're with a bunch of other like-minded students, right? right? And and two years. So I guess you're at 1920. Yeah, let's let's go with that for the math. Yeah, yeah. it was about 19. What was the first job coming out? You have now your certificate. Uh, yes, my little course. diploma. Yeah, yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah, I go and I make $850 a month in Vancouver Island. <laughs> um, I went to Vancouver Island. Uh, my first radio job was Nanaimo. Now, you have to understand, I was a prairie girl, and I had a college sweetheart, Um, not in the picture anymore, but a college sweetheart. So um, he was on Vancouver Island and I went to Vancouver. He was in Victoria, but I found a job in Nanaimo. But you know what? I have to say as a prairie girl, it was tough going to Vancouver Island. Whenever I hear Albertans or Saskatchewan people saying, I want to retire in Victoria, I want to retire on the island. I say you spend fall and winter there because we in Alberta cannot take our big blue skies for granted. Yeah. And I moved to Nanaimo. Here I am living in a basement suite making $850 a month and it is raining. The clouds hang low. If you're thinking, what the heck am I doing in this career? You know, have you ever heard of seasonal affective disorder? I swore I knew that before the term was ever coined. So it was a challenge, but I eventually got over that and I loved Vancouver Island and I was in Nanaimo for a couple of years. And it was cool to be in that setting because I was able to make all my mistakes before I came to the big city of Calgary. I see. Uh, and and uh, while you're in Nanaimo Radio, right? Nanaimo Radio, yeah. Um, can you share with us your opening broadcast? My very, well, see, it would have been, I was in the newsroom. And um, can I share, David, you're making me go back to 1981. I was working on nights. That's when small radio stations actually had night news people. You know, sadly, the way a lot of businesses have gone in media, you don't have little radio stations where someone coming out of a, a, a state broadcasting program right. can go and make all their mistakes. But I... I I was uh, on the air. It was like a six to midnight shift. We had reel-to-reel. You used to have to actually splice and cut your clips together. And then you prayed that the splice held together. I I mean, I'm probably (laughs) speaking a foreign language for anyone who's thinking, what in this world of digital? And uh, the the little radio station was called CHUB, Chubb, Chubb Radio in Nanaimo. And it was a little storefront operation that had a big window right there the newsroom strangers are walking right by at some point I 
question my safety in this place. But um, I love that. I love that little radio station because I questioned what I was doing. At one point, I had a girlfriend who was in nursing, making a heck of a lot more money. And I said, why am I here? But it's through those periods of maybe slight depression even that you kind of have to work through it and say I'm going to see something on the other side here and you know 30 some years later I'm so glad I persevered so I have one question and I need a short answer okay Mm -hmm. before we go into commercial first commercial break you retired in August why politics now you cannot give me a short answer for that. Can I think about it in the commercial break? Sure. Uh, because I've got more than a 30-second answer. Okay, perfect. <laughs> well, as you, you, know, you know, you have a long, a long experience in broadcasting, and, you know, this is commercial time. Yeah, yes. Um, it is the right uh, time for our first commercial break. If you would like to learn more about Angela's candidacy, open a new tab and check her candidate website at calgarymountainview.albertaparty.ca. We will meet you here on the other side of the commercials. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D I V I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back with uh, Taking Care of Business, and my guest today, Angela Cocot, Alberta Party uh, candidate for Alberta legislation, right? For yeah. the legislature. Yeah, so before we went uh, on the first commercial break, I asked you for a short answer, <laughs> why politics? And you know what? Let's take a break. We'll, back, we'll be back in with politics. Okay, because okay. You cannot we've answer. We've got an hour. Yeah, we've got yeah. an hour. Uh, not anymore. And, okay, we've got 40 minutes. <laughs> and you said you cannot answer that in 30 seconds. <laughs> But I have another question. Last question about uh, family and uh, and your husband Grant is also was also in the broadcasting mm-hmm. arena. Yeah. So I understand the the biggest issue in broadcasting is rating. Mm-hmm. How did it work around the dinner table? 
<laughs> did you kind of check each other's rating and compare and, uh, you know, I won today. <laughs> you know what, David? No, that's funny. Grant Pollock is the name of my husband, in case someone's listening, saying, who is this Grant? Um, <laughs> and even, uh, you know, we've been married for, oh, gosh, 25 years. Um, we've been married a long time. And still, when we're out in public, and if people uh, recognize me or recognize Grant and then see us together, they'll always say, I didn't know you guys were married. And we always chuckle because it's not as if we broadcast it. And also, uh, I might meet you, David, and your wife, and I'll say, I didn't know you were married. Like, it always is such a strange phrase. So Grant was on a very successful sports television show called Sports at 11 for many years. And um, he has quite the following still, but he always chuckles. Whenever anyone recognizes him, he always says, oh, yeah, it's of a certain age, a father who tries to introduce his son saying, this guy used to be on this show. So was there ever a ratings battle? I would be on the morning television show at Global and he would be on the evening sports show. Um, back then, we didn't have ratings, the daily ratings period. We would have the uh, six-week period, so you'd see how the shows were doing. But we never, ever had arguments over whose <laughs> show was doing better. And sometimes when my daughter, I have a son and daughter who are now 27 and 23, but when she was little, sometimes she'd say, um, more people recognize you, Mom, or more people recognize you, Dad. So it was kind of a fun thing in the family, but never an argument at the dinner table. We, we never even saw each other at the dinner table because he'd be going off to work nights, and I would have just done the early morning shifts. So we sometimes passed like ships in the night as well. And is that the recipe for a successful it marriage? It is very much the recipe. <laughs> and, and also the fact uh, my children had their dad get them ready for school every day because I'd be I'd be at work I'd be up at 2 30 in the morning and I'd be on the air from uh, 5 30 till 9 was it I mean the times changed over the years but so the ki- dad always got the kids off to school and one time I was able to get off the air early and I came home and I disrupted the schedule Grant said next time you get off early don't come home because suddenly my daughter's saying can you do my hair mom and you know so <laughs> anyway he was a great um, husband and a dad that that the kids just grew up naturally having a dad get them off yeah. to school. I want to segue into uh, politics, but we'll do it from broadcasting into or from the media world into yeah. politics. Yeah. The media is under a lot of attacks recently on fake news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what's your take on it? Because yeah. you've been you've been an anchor for many years. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you didn't go, you know, on the field. I would say. For many years. Yeah. I And, you know, in my 37 years, I've been a reporter. I've been a television anchor. I've been a news director. I've been a talk show host on radio, um, a news reader. So I've I've been fortunate enough to see a number of different sides of it all. I would have to say, though, the whole discussion on fake news has reached a higher level since social media. And, And really, I think traditional media still does its best in delivering balanced journalism. Some people would listen to uh, my show on talk radio and, and they'd question some of my opinions, but I always had to remind them that talk radio, you have opinion hosts and opinion hosts get to say their opinion. And, and, and if that opinion doesn't line up with your listeners, well, then they're probably quick to say, oh, you're a biased or you, you know, you're, you're spewing off fake news. 
opinion hosts are completely different than your newsroom. And so within our station, Global News 770 CHQR, there was a newsroom that I still said was uh, great journalism, balanced news. But I believe in the last, let's say, five, eight years, um, and what we've seen in the States, too, there's there's just been this push to spew out um what someone sees as a headline and share it out on social media without even checking facts or checking the source of it. And I think right now the media is an easy target for politicians who don't like the way things are going right now. Let me ask you another question on fake news. So you and I come from an era that social media was not big. When we grew up, when we... Uh, had our first steps in, in business and in mm-hmm. the workplace. Was there always fake news and we just didn't know about it because we were innocent and we we're, you know, completely unaware of it? And you know what? And I've seen some documentaries that say fake news or the accusation of fake news has been out there. And there have probably over the years, there's been publications that have sent out their message and they just haven't had as wide an audience. So you're right. When when social media in the last five, 10 years took off, then those sources had an outlet and and they had a following where people it's pretty easy to not read an entire article and just hit share. And then before you know it, you think that is the Bible. And then someone says, wait a second, that's fake news. I, I still think if you have reliable media sources, traditional media sources, you can rely on that. I think I'm, I'm not discounting some other outlets, but you have to know what that source is and where they're getting their information. But you're right. Things have changed in, in the world of social media. Last question about fake news has to do with you. Um, in August, I think it was, or maybe the early September on uh, the morning show on 770, mm-hmm. you said, I have no intention to go into politics. <laughs> <laughs> Two months later. I'm in politics. You're in politics. You have a website. You're running. Oh, God. For the member of the legislation of Alberta. Yeah, legislator for of the Alberta, Alberta Party. Yeah, for mm-hmm. the Alberta Party. So Yeah, talk fake about news? fake news. Isn't that right? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I had deliberated many months before I finally went to my boss, John Voss and said, John, you know, I've done eight years of talk radio. Add to that, uh, you know, 20, over 20 some years in broadcasting. And I just said, I'm I'm hitting this point where I feel like things are just so divisive. And especially when you're on talk radio, all you were hearing was the the right or the left and it was negative. And and, and yes, negativity sells on talk radio. I'm, I'm no fool to that. But after eight years, I just felt like I need a break from this. I really need a break. And I had a, a, a great boss who completely understood. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm stepping back. Some people will call it a retirement, but I am step, stepping back. And, you know, naturally, when we've got the uh, Danielle Smith, who's on our show, she was in politics and has come to talk radio. You look at Christy Clark. She was in talk radio and then went to BC politics. So I think any time um we had last mayor uh mayor was it for mayor or for a premier we had a, a, a ctv host that was running as well oh yes yes um i'm trying you're right so it seems natural that right away broadcasters oh okay well wow, you're gonna go into politics and i at the time when people said you're going going to go into politics and i said no it's just so divisive that's why i'm stepping away from broadcasting but 
almost two years ago, I did join the Alberta party. I, I had interviewed Greg Clark, who was the lone MLA at the time, the leader for uh, the, a number of years. I always respected him. And, and uh, you know, no surprise that some talk show hosts uh, do support a particular party. But I wasn't, I, you know, if you ever heard an interview with Greg Clark or Stephen Mandel, I was just as critical with them. But so I joined <laughs> them because I thought Albertans need to know there's a centrist option. There's one that is fiscally responsible, socially inclusive. So I actually actually left broadcasting really with no intention of going into politics. Then my husband and I walked the Camino, and that could be a whole show in itself, but we went to Spain because I said, I want to walk the Camino and have this transition from broadcasting to what's next. I was hoping on my 500-kilometer walk that I would have some big revelation. Well, at the time, the Alberta party reached out to me at the Camino and said, Ange, you know, you've been a member, you live in Mountain View, Calgary Mountain View, um, would you consider running? And I just said, oh gosh, I, I was I was leaving. I didn't want to be part of that. And I tell you though, when you, all you do for over three weeks is walk and think, it, Grant and I had lots of conversations back and forth. What should we, what, you know, and if nothing else, I said, I want my constituency to know that there is one more option out there. Too often we hear of the left or the right, of the NDP or the UCP, you know, depending on where your listening uh, audience is. And I just said, if nothing else, this campaign, um, I want people to know there's a third choice. So Grant and I just said, let's look at this as a retirement adventure for the next six months and we'll see where it goes. But it's been quite the adventure. When are so the, it's not fake news. Yeah. So when are the elections? <laughs> you know what? It hasn't even been called yet. And that's the interesting thing. Already we're having to get to the doors because I've got, you know, constituencies are massive. And if you're uh, a fledgling party that no one knows about, you got to get to the doorstep just to talk to them. So there is a, an election window between March and May that is legislated, although we did see our previous premier apprentice bump that up a year so that's yeah, a whole other discussion yeah <laughs> let's not go there so it is uh, we are now approaching that four years of the notley government and it's got to be called between march and may it appears there's great speculation that it could be earlier like it could be march middle of march which you blink an eye and that means you've got to get your campaign together so what do you see as your challenges going forward, getting elected as the representative for the area you live in on the Alberta legislature. Yeah. What are your challenges? My challenges are, number one, getting to every door. And I think every time I get to a door and people have either, yeah, I think I've heard of that party. Oh, tell me about that party. They they have a great conversation. So that's a huge challenge, just being able to get the word out. And when you are, you're not the official opposition. Uh, we only have three MLAs. We're a small little party. We don't have a huge war chest. So your challenge is just getting the word out. I, I want on election day, whenever it is, when people walk in uh, to vote, that they see the Alberta party on the ballot and they at least say, Right. That was that centrist choice. Whether they vote or not, you know, I, that's out of my control. But that would be the biggest challenge is just getting the word out. So thanks for inviting me on there. <laughs> and um, other than knocking on doors, how else do you kind of, I would say, plan to win that seat. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think the cool thing about this experience, if nothing else, as a talk show host, it's easy to criticize. And I often told my listeners, you want to criticize politicians, get involved, do something. 
So, yeah, I'm getting involved in a big way and understanding the campaign from behind the scenes. And, you know, fundraising is a huge thing. Um, and it's even harder to fundraise for a small party. But so you've got to, that would be a key because, you know, you got to buy lawn signs. Yes. You got to buy literature. You, you got to maybe buy airtime, you know, whatever way you've got to get your message out. So, so that is, uh, and then you just have to meet people. You've got to have people who say, hey, I like what the Alberta party stands for. Can I have a wine party? Can I have a coffee party? So it's just this building. And what's kind of neat, last night we had a little event at a, a craft pub um, elite brewing and we just invited a bunch of people and you know we we had 25 people show up which someone would say my gosh 25 people but I just look at it as that was 25 people who didn't know about it or didn't know about me maybe knew about the party so you've got to take these baby steps and sometimes for me I'm I have to be a more patient person and I've got to recognize that this is going to be um, we we said it's like a, a baseball game so we're only in the first or second an inning and quickly it's going to become a sprint to the finish line I see and and <clears throat> you know you mentioned that uh, you decided to leave or take a you know a step mm-hmm. back from being a host just because of the division between right and left yeah. and you kind of put Alberta party in the middle yeah yeah so at the end of the day Alberta party can become the swing vote between which coalition we're, which government we're going to to have yeah uh, how do you feel about you know being in the middle and making decision right or left or and let's not call it right or left because it's it's nothing to do with with uh, with uh, you know global it yeah. has to do with our with our province yeah how do you kind of perceive yourself in, in being in the middle? Well, you know what? I believe more Albertans, if they were honest, they'd say, that's where I am. I'm centrist. I want to be fiscally responsible. I want to have balanced budgets, but I want to be socially progressive. And and we find when we look at the NDP or the UCP, they might be strong in one of those areas, but not both. So yes, we are a centrist party. And right away, people say to me, you're going to split the vote. Well, you know what? The last election, if anyone followed Alberta politics, the last election, a lot of people had to hold their nose and vote against something. I just want people to say, you know what? I'm just going to vote something, vote for something that lines up with my political values. And and so if you want to say that, oh my God, the Alberta party, you're going to split the vote. Well, then so what? So we should never ever give people an option to actually cast a ballot for a party that they truly believe in. And I've just told people this time, I'm voting for something. I'm not voting against yeah. something. And whatever happens, happens. But I I feel pretty good with that decision. So you started knocking on doors. Yeah. And you had yesterday an event with 25 people. Yeah. How do people accept the change from Angela on TV, Angela on the radio, and now she's going to represent Now me. she's one of those politicians, yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, she's going to represent me. You know what? Um, for one thing, I, I'm, I'm happy that I get fairly good reception. You know, if people remember me from broadcasting, that's great. It helps to open the door and have a conversation. And people have heard of me and they sort of know, especially if you've done eight years of talk radio, they pretty much know what kind of a person you are. So I've already broken down that barrier. And I, I I think that's great that people at least are familiar with me and they trusted me as a broadcaster for all those years. And I feel like they can trust me as their representative. So so it's it's a benefit for sure. We're very fortunate that way. So it's well received. It, you know what? It's been well received. You, you always have people who are going to say, nope, I'm not voting for that party. Of course. But you learn right away. You don't take it personally. I, they're, they're not saying I can't stand you. Well, maybe some are, but they don't say it to my face. <laughs> 
But they're saying, uh, I just don't line up with that political party. And that's the cool thing about a democracy yeah. is that we get to have a choice. So I, I just respect people who open the door and recognize that we've knocked on hundreds of we're getting into thousands of doors. So if they just respect that all these people are doing this because this is part of the democratic process, I I respect that. So uh, when you knock on doors, you take Grant with you. So people that don't recognize you, we maybe, try to the, get, that's maybe right. the husband is a sports <laughs> addict and he recognizes exactly. Grant. Exactly. <laughs> we try to do, you know, the best bang for your buck. It's either Angela or Grant. I see. We reached our second commercial break. Uh, you can check out albertaparty.ca to learn more about the, uh, the party and uh, Angela's, uh, you know, candidacy, and we'll be back with you following the commercials. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Sure. We are back with my guest, Angela Cocot, Alberta Party candidate uh, for the Alberta Legislature. And, uh, and Angela, before we went on the second commercial break, you mentioned that uh, when you knock on doors and you talk about the core value, how do you... I, the I, principles. The, no, you oh. said the core values oh, of yeah. politics. Mm-hmm. And the question I want to ask you is... and what are your core values that you're going to bring to politics? Because, you know, in business we say 
first of all, as a business owner, find your own find your own core mm-hmm. values, then mm-hmm. have the business. Yeah. And I think it goes the same with politics. What are your core values that you're going to bring to the poli- to the to the arena of politicians that are so divisive? You know, I, I probably would say the top core value for me is just caring, caring about people for many years. Um, I've lived in the same constituency for uh, over 30 years, and it's been a community that I've raised my family. And so I think when one of your core values is just caring about people, caring about the community you live in, then that's going to make you a, a better representative. Uh, I, I've sat on our community association. I'm the vice president. I uh, coach Special Olympics, the swim team. I've always believed, and this is something going back to my mom and dad, they always gave back to the community. We um, grew up in a Catholic church, so my mother was part of CWL. My dad was part of Knights of Columbus. I always saw my parents volunteering in some capacity. So I, I think uh, a core value for me is caring. And then when I look at the Alberta Party, they when you when you look at some of their policies, when it comes to social responsibility. They they believe that every Albertan should have the ability to succeed. They should have strong public education. We should have a healthcare system that doesn't have the wait times that we're dealing with right now. There's there's got to be solutions to that. So I I would say my my more my core value would be caring about my people, my community and that would translate then into a, a political party. I see. I want to take you back for a second to um, synchronized swimming. Yeah. I have to admit you are the first person I meet that uh, done or do and still does uh, synchronized swimming. I also have to admit that every time it comes on TV on the Olympics, I switch channel. <laughs> but how many years do you do that, by you the way? You know what? It, the crazy story is, is I have only done it, I think I'm on to my fourth year. Really, it was, I, I was a speed swimmer as a young kid. Um, I, you know, I just swam a lot. I was a lifeguard. I've always been a, a swimmer. And my daughter, when she was growing up, got into synchronized swimming. And then I was a judge in synchronized swimming. And at one time, Grant and I were emceeing a synchronized swimming master's event. And I looked at these ladies who were around my age. And I said to Grant, I can do that. And he goes, what makes you think you can do synchronized swimming? And I don't know what made <laughs> me think that. But so I have a, a very understanding, loving team on the Calgary Aquamums. And so it was about four years ago. I said, you know, can I join? And they were just so patient with me. But I tell you, um, synchronized swimming now is actually getting men involved as well. We went to Budapest for the World Masters Championship. Um, it's coming on almost a year and a half ago. And that is the push now to have young men. As much as you say hoy vey, you think of ballet. You think of I'm, gymnastics. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know I'm you're okay. kidding. I, I know you're kidding. But a lot of people do that. They think men, boys in synchronized swimming. But now you start to see young male athletes throwing girls and, and their artistry because men can be ballet dancers and really uh, synchronized swimming or now it's called artistic swimming is really that form. So um, the reason so, I got into it was really I've, I'm an old lady who said this is great for my mind, for counting, for music, for physical, holding your breath that amount of time. It's 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 got to make me last a couple of more years in this world. So the question I have about synchronized swimming is more about what do you bring from working in a team environment? 
to the team that you're going to be a part of Alberta uh, Party. I love it. I, and, and that is so bang on. And I, as I said, as a young kid, I was very involved in sports. Um, you know, I've, I've been involved in teams. And you're right. Synchronized swimming, when you've got eight to ten women on a team with all different viewpoints, different abilities. Um, you know, I, I said they're very patient with me. I am. I admire anyone who can look at someone who has less talent than them and brings them up to their level or uh, uh, gives them the environment to succeed. And I think that's the same thing, whether we're talking about real estate or as a news director or a talk show host when I was working with young producers, I always... And I, I'd love to be able to take this then into politics. You're you're in a team environment. So you've got to look at where are the strengths, the weaknesses. Where, where's the person on that synchronized swimming team that can do a, a throw in the air? Where is that person on a political team that has an expertise in agriculture? And, and then you make sure that everyone else in that team understands and you just become stronger. It, it's so great. That's probably the best thing about any team effort is is you work together and you are stronger as a whole than as an individual. And your team, they're going to all vote Alberta Party? Exactly. That's what I've asked them to do. <laughs> I see. Um, <clears throat> during the uh, years of broadcasting, whether it was TV or whether it was uh, on the radio, how did you measure your success? Hmm. You know... I- I'm not going to ask you in the future because we we hope you'll get into yeah, that yeah, later. Right. But... Well, sometimes, and, and, and sometimes I think, especially in broadcasting, you have a measurement. If you truly want to say, all right, how are your ratings? How are you doing against uh, another show? Are you the head, sh- the best show? Are you? But early on in my career, I, I tried as hard as I can, and it's difficult, but you try as hard as you can to block those things out and say, at the end of that broadcast, do you feel like you did your best because I think sometimes numbers can be deceiving. Um, We all know with ratings, it depends on who actually gets the meters. And I, I've never thought of ratings as, Oh, you really are good. You know, Oh, you're the number one show. Oh, you are good. No, you got to block that out because you can get lazy with those numbers and think, okay, what am I bringing to the every day, whether it was on, television or radio, I wanted to end that broadcast feeling like, yeah, I nailed it. And there were times when I didn't nail it. And I thought, you know, I used to be hard on myself. And my husband would say, Ange, your broadcast is three hours long, whether it was television (laughs) or radio. You're not going to have gold all three hours, you know. But I I loved it when I'd have an interview that I thought, yeah, I think I I got what I wanted out of that. I think the audience got something out of that. So that would be my way of my own success is looking internally. I did my best to... um, ignore the external ones but it's hard right I mean when you think about real estate you, you probably look at the bottom line constantly and David's only successful by how much money or how much real estate right so it must be difficult also I'm not turning the tables on you no, but you know what I mean it's not about like, turning the table yeah it's but about, I think that's a good conversation but, how do we measure our own success exactly and, and the reason I say it is because you know in the media or 
as as the public before I got into this, yeah. we always saw, oh, here's the ranking, right, on, yes. on this broadcast or on this TV yes. uh, channel or this radio channel. So yeah. From, yeah. I wanted to know from your perspective, because I know, for example, I started two years ago. After one year, according to Voice America, yeah. I was number 62 out of 132 programs, yeah. and, and that's one year. Yeah. So yeah. I said, you know what, I want to go a little bit higher. Yes, yeah. Right, so you and, still strive for that, exactly. So exactly. So my, my question to you is now, with your experience, <laughs> what are the do's and don'ts? You know, let me rephrase it. My show is about entrepreneurship yeah. generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you are here mentoring someone who wants to go into the broadcasting world, right? right? Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners, two or whatever number, yeah. they want to go into. What would you, from your experience, say? Do's and don't. One do, one yeah. don't. When you want to go into that world? Um, do be curious. Uh, do be yourself. Do be. Sounds weird. Do do your best to be yourself. Because I think, uh, so that would then fall into your don'ts. Because I think a lot of people, and, and everyone does this in the early days. Oh, I can't stand my voice. Or I've got to suddenly be a big broadcaster and change my voice. So it, it sometimes, I love the fact that this is Voice of America. Because I think sometimes it takes a while for people to find their voice. And and I, and I you probably, I mean, in your couple of years, you probably look back to those early broadcasts where you were very very anxious. Um, I got to make sure I write the right questions down. I've got to, you know, but it, it comes with experience. And ultimately, though, you've got to feel comfortable in your skin and comfortable with your your voice, not just the way it sounds, but the opinions that you want to share, the conversations you want to have. And I think ultimately, especially with radio, as much as I loved television and both radio, I have to say radio, I love it for its intimacy. Because anyone listening to us right now, it's just listening to David and Angela. They could be in their house. They could be in their car. Usually it's just you're having a relationship with that person. Whereas TV, there's a lot of distractions. So, um, you know, my advice, though, is to be yourself so that people really have that that feeling that they know you. And people f- can listen whether you're yourself or not. Yeah. It, well, it, well, you know, they listen to you because they know they're hearing David and they're hearing your sense of humor and they're hearing your ideas. And I think even if you weren't the host, if you are out there saying, well, I want to be a guest on one of these shows, sometimes that's very intimidating. And in fact, this is intimidating for me that I don't get to control this this conversation. <laughs> but I think that whole idea of you still want to come off as just being yourself. And a lot of people, maybe they don't like themselves and they don't come off as very well but well yeah. it took me a few uh, you know a few we met a couple of times yes. until you agreed to come on the show <laughs> and I guess after 37 years of asking questions <laughs> yes. uh, it's you're struggling to stay to Do kind of answer, answer questions? questions yeah yeah um, you know we're kind of getting near the end of uh, my shows to uh, our show this morning and and I want to ask a few more questions to summarize June 2019. Let's go to get. Let's walk together to the future. Okay. June 2019 is mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and Angela Cockert is now a member of the legislature of Alberta, representing the Alberta Party. What is Angela going to focus on? What is Angela going to drive for the benefit of the Albertans? 
economy is always number one. We know that. And and I think right now what we see in the energy sector, uh, we're seeing a lot of pain. Uh, we can go into great detail about the, the price differential and how we're practically giving away our product. So I think as a government, we've got to reestablish the importance of pipelines in this province. And that does mean as much as you think that you've got to be friends with Ottawa, no, I think you've got to make sure that they recognize how important the the energy sector is. I think, though, also what's getting lost in all of this, because I think voters sometimes just look at the immediate situation, and I agree. You know, it's been tough here in Alberta because of the energy sector, but we also have to look at the fact that we have been adding, and it wasn't just this NDP government, it was before that, we've been adding massive deficits every year, and that adds to massive debt. And we cannot ignore the fact that we are going to get to the point where servicing that debt, and it's it's there, that it's costing us hospitals, it's costing us schools. So I think we have to have a better conversation with Albertans to recognize you would not carry that kind of household debt. Why are you allowing a government to do that? Angela, we have less than four minutes to the end of the show. So I have a few short questions. I promise it will be short questions oh, no. and short answers. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't have to promise short answers, do I? Yeah, yes, no. I do. <laughs> um, when you look back, is there something you wanted to accomplish and you, that you didn't? In my broadcast career? Whatever in it is. My, oh, you know, I, I don't like to have regrets. I, I, I often tell my children, they don't like this, but I said, if I was hit by a bus when I walk out of your studio today, I've lived a great life. And I don't know if everyone can say that or if you have the gratitude to say, I've got a beautiful family, I've had a fun career, I've explored this world. So, David, I have no regrets. I have, I think I've accomplished, well, I don't, I, I still want to accomplish being a politician. Right. Okay. Um, so, but that's the future. That's the future, right, yeah, looking so, back. Uh, yeah, yeah. What have you learned about yourself over this 37 years career? I can be really annoying and I can be almost too task oriented. Uh, I have a very loving husband who puts up with it, but (laughs) I do every now and then have to ease off on the gas pedal because I go, go, go. And sometimes that's to the detriment of relationships. And if you had today an opportunity to invite two people for lunch, dinner, a glass of wine, dead or alive? No, dead or alive. Who would you invite? Uh, Who would I invite? My mom and dad. Um, And they both passed away and I can't do this because I'll start crying. Um, I I, I would. I I, I just love to be able to tell them this is how my life's turned out. You know, that's a great success for me to, to get you to yeah, be cry. emotional. Yeah, no, 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 I'm a suck. <laughs> Talk about my parents, I'll cry easy. So, yeah. <laughs> you didn't get me to cry on your show. <laughs> I didn't get to talk about your parents enough. <laughs> um, and, you know, what is the one thing that in your life that you're proud of? My, mom, my, my kids, my son and daughter. They are 27 and 23, and when people meet them, they just say, what a nice couple of kids. And that's the best compliment any parent can get. I don't care what they do in their life. They're, they, they're set. But I just love the fact that when people meet them, they say, wow, you've got two great kids. 
That's the best. That's the best accomplishment I've made in my life. And that's because Grant was preparing them for school every morning. Yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> why. I guess I have to give him some of the credit. <laughs> and, and you were away. I, I was away. I was the. Thank you. Thank you for the guilt. <laughs> hey, you know it, it comes. Uh, I know that guilt because I'm out, and my wife is uh, responsible for everything that my kids accomplish. So, <laughs> Angela, you know uh, I can't thank you enough. First of all, to uh, you know hosting me a few years ago yes. and planting this seed <laughs> in my, uh, my head. And uh, we reached the end of today's uh, show of an episode of the air, today's episode of Taking Care of Business. Um, thanks for being uh, my guest, sharing with us your many years of experience as a broadcaster and your future plans and hopes. Uh, becoming a member of the Legislature of Alberta. Wish you all the best and success and uh, pursuing your new career path. David, uh, hopefully I'll be back to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm, uh, well, you know what? If, if, I, a, if I win, I'll come back. Perfect. Uh, we got it on uh, record now. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in and for your feedback. Uh, please keep on emailing me and your feedback and uh, guest suggestions at dvwallock at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you again, Aaron, our dedicated engineer, Sasha, Sasha my assistant executive producer, and our new team member, which is not new anymore, Mark Jarrett, our promotional guru. I will meet you here on voiceamerica.com variety with my guest uh, on December 18th, next Tuesday, Kyle Wilson, and we will discuss preparing for 2019. Your host, David Wallach. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it.